would seem that Chennai City have taken the league by the scruff of the neck, while the Kolkata Giants once again stuttered close to the finishing line. It looks like the I-League is going to continue its legacy and have another surprise winner. Joining me in the discussion today, me as in Sandeep, is Aravind Suchindran here. Hey. Hey man, how's it going? Yeah, it's all good. And uh, on call from Delhi is, as always, Orko Bhattacharya. Hi guys. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, first of all, I guess we are all disappointed or happy. What are you about the Indian team's performance in the Asian Cup? Uh, I'm thoroughly disappointed and I didn't expect India would play uh, such a bad game against uh, Bahrain. And uh, it just spoiled everyone's Monday night, I guess. <laughs> and what about you, Arku? Did it spoil your Monday night too? Uh, I think going into the tournament, we had expectations. Then the game against Bahrain exactly as we played in the Asian Cup. It was a tough of India, it was a nightmare. Oh, yes, I guess, you know, we are a bit disappointed after what we saw in the first India. Okay. Yes, and now let's let's come back to India. We'll leave UAE behind for the time being. We'll touch again on the same thing later on in the show. So, coming back. Orko, coming to you first. Uh, it would seem like Chennai City is just running away with the title. They have a five-point lead uh, going into the final leg of the season. So, um, what do you think has gone right for them this time? Players seem to have bought into Navas's coaching tactics. Chennai City have a five-point lead at Novotel. And the Turchill and Real Kashmir are uh, second and third. And uh, Chennai City have won, you know, uh, games against Bagan and Eastman all this time. Which is not easy. And it's not uh, Akbar Nawaz's uh, coaching. It's producing uh, for him. Their Spanish uh, quartet is possibly, you know, the best. One of the best, the best in the I-League, definitely one of the best across the ISL and I-Leagues. And Pedro keeps scoring. So, I think they just, he's just waiting that he's fused in. And they seem, they seem to get back into the game. East Bengal took the lead against them. But then they again, they hit back from 100 to win 2-1. So, I mean, that's essentially... Uh, mentality or team spirit that Akbanova just holds that even if they go behind that they can actually come back. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, what about you, Arvind? Like, uh, I remember you saying that the East Bengal game and Chennai game, that will be the title decider. And it would uh, seem you know, prophetic to an extent. Even a draw uh, would have taken the title race uh, to further lengths. But uh, given the way Chennai won the game after coming back uh, I think uh, they are truly on their way to win the title. But um, East Bengal, I think they still have a chance. Uh, they can give a fight. Uh, so can Churchill and Real Kashmir. And uh, much was expected from Neroka as well. But uh, they lost to Mohan Bagan. And uh, that seems to have put uh, some sort of uh, momentum shift towards Chennai. Yes, that seems to have put the some. I mean, definitely there is a momentum shift now. Moving on to the Kolkata teams in general, and this is a conversation that we have year in year out. Uh, East Bengal, I thought personally, are quite one-dimensional, and <laughs> and Mohan Bagan again 
went through a coaching change. So, Orko, what is going on with Mohan Bagan? Uh, why did they change the coach? I mean, obviously, he stepped down. Well, and what is the scene with East Bengal? Because even Akbar never said they are very one-dimensional in that game. Uh, yeah, so, with Mohan Bagan, there was, uh, you know, there were talks that Shankalal was a yes-man. That his appointment after Sanjay Sen was just to pacify everybody around. And, uh, you know, after the CFL, the expectations were high. After they regained it, after, you know, eight years, people uh, expected that Bagan would, uh, you know, go on to win a big title this time. But, uh, you know, as, as usual, you know, turmoil prevailed. And, you know, some adverse mid-season results and then they fired the coach. The way to build a playing style is essentially give the coach a year or a year and a half. But these guys, they seem to give up pull midway to the season. So they can focus on this season to season. And that is why again Khalid Jamil has been hired. Uh, Khalid, as we know, is not the biggest, you know, exponent of beautiful football in, in India. Right? So they might have, they will win games. You know, Khalid has that crappy uh, style about him. But uh, again, it's mismanagement. I mean, what do you say? Like, there, there, there are seven games to go and uh, you sack a coach, you get in one more, you expect him to win the title. Then when he doesn't win the title, you can go back to a drawing board and say, oh, we bought you for, but you didn't win the title. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's extreme journalism. I mean, and I have no idea what the board keeps thinking or even this, of the fact that even if they think before hiring or firing a coach. Yes, of course. But there is this uh, legacy, like a club like Chelsea, for example, who could sack the coach and get the next one and keep winning titles. Now, if you put it in Indian context, with the money that these clubs have had over the years, and even now maybe, they should be able to do it, but they can't even get that right. So, <laughs> what's wrong there? I think the wrong people are running the club, first of all. And... Uh, the people with the right mindset, they are all stuck doing podcast or doing commentary or running across uh, administrators trying to get their signatures. Uh, it's just that these people have come in with their own purpose and uh, running the club, winning titles and uh, making the fans happy is not in their priority at all. Yes, moving on from one group of administrators to the other, another bunch who are actually doing some good stuff. So let's talk about Minerva and Aizol. In a larger context of things, that they are defending champions who faded away drastically in the season after. I mean, it was not unexpected. We all knew that would happen because you know they basically organ donors for the bigger clubs. So, uh, what kind of future do you see in clubs like that? Or I'll come to you first. What kind of future do you see in clubs like these, especially in these uncertain times? I think uh, they will, you know, the, I know for a fact that, uh, you know, everyone's trying to emulate the Lajong model of being a selling club, right? And uh, I know especially uh, it's become a selling club, a hub of really good talent. Uh, for uh, all these clubs, apart from the IT. So, Aizal only plays 20 games in that league, but when you uh, combine the uh, Mizo Premier League, the Independence Cup, the Super Cup, everything included, and you know, uh, Aizal could end up, an Aizal player could end up playing as many as 48 
to 45 to 48 matches per season. And that actually makes for really good double. So, I mean, they've essentially, yes, they won the title. And every top division team should strive to win the title. But then there are teams like Lajong, which have understood the business really well. That in a, in a time of turmoil, the only position that you can hold is sell, not buy. Right. So until unless this turmoil around the leagues continues, is there. I mean, the best position is to be, you know, selling, not buying. So this is where Motuan East Bengal have no clue again, because they are neither here nor there. So, but because of Minerval Ajong, Chennai City Churchill, it is expected that these clubs will go down the, the, the next year. It all depends on what their focus in the long term is. I Even the Ranjit Bhar, he keeps harping about his youth products. So I'm assuming that you know, they are also looking to be a you know, prolific selling club in the future. Arvind, what is your take on this? Uh, that uh, it's it's quite true what he said about Aizwal, uh, but Minerva they are still alive in the AFC Champions League. Although their title hopes for the I League is no longer there, uh, they have made a purchase and uh, they have sold uh, two of their youngsters to Kerala Blasters and uh, they have brought brought in uh, Alamna uh, for the AFC Champions League qualifier. As for Aizwal, they have a new coach now who has a mindset of developing. Uh, youth players in Stanley Rosario. He was formerly with uh, Ozone Academy and uh, if he's going right from Ozone Academy to Aizwal FC, uh, the thinking behind that is to obviously develop talent that can be um, serving as a feeder for other clubs. Uh, as for the I-League status, they are just there existing. Uh, it's not like they'll challenge uh, for any more titles. Uh, in the next couple of years uh, and that's how it's going to remain because of the situation with the two leagues. Yes, so if any young player is interested in developing, the ideal place to go would be somewhere like Aizol or Shillong because like he said, 45 games, 48 that games, that's a Champions League level playing team. They play around 50-52 games so that's a European season for you and that will ensure you get chances as well. So I think that is a good takeaway from this discussion. Now, moving on to the questions that uh, have come in for us. So, Orko, first of all, we are coming to you only with the question from Hashdot. And he says, uh, he asks, where do you think it went wrong for Google and Kerala FC this year? Because it seemed like for a time that they were, I'm not going to say challenge the title, they were up there in the reckoning. Yeah, uh, Google, I think you know, I hate to say it and they hate to hear it. But uh, they pulled a bit of an uh, East Bengal this time because uh, <laughs> they, got, they got a foreign coach, right? Hmm. Uh, then uh, at that time, Bino was TD, Bino's notch. Then Bino was getting coach. Now, I can sign up as but uh, apparently, Gift is, you know, taking bills and you know, coaching again. The obvious question that we, you know, we always associate with the Kolkata clubs. What the hell is going on? <laughs> who is in touch? Who is handling the first team? Who is And that's interesting for the players given that they still have two, 
three different systems. You know, if Gift indeed takes up to three different systems this season, that is also a fact that their defense has been leaky. They have considered goals. They have considered you know sloppy goals. Uh, you know, in the Chennai City match at home, they had possibly had a chance to take a point, but you know they had man sent off and uh, they considered a sloppy goal. So, I mean, all in all, it's just been a you know the wreck of a season for them. I know that we did talk about them, you know, in the reckoning, but. Uh, they 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 never sustained the pace. They never you know got the victories and you know that one nil the loss against the arrows. I mean, uh, <laughs> not losing to the arrows team. All in all, you understand, but no, Gokulam should not be losing to this arrows team. Yeah, absolutely. That is true. Also, uh, this is a question that I want to ask because I've been in part of uh, you know pre pre match press conference going to stadium that Marcelo Bielsa got into trouble for. Uh, spying on the training. <laughs> so, and Arvind, since both of us, you have covered and so have I, it's not very difficult to do that in Indian football now, is it? Mm, yeah. Do you so think it's rampant here? Because uh, I have sat and watched. It is, it is uh, quite rampant and in fact, former India coach uh, Stephen Constantine yes, I want is to guilty get this, of yes. doing it. There is a hotel called Ibis. There this is a is hotel. This rumor, okay. Uh, there is a hotel called Ibis. It's very it's, well uh, true. Yeah, it's very closely located to the Sri Kantiva Stadium where India played their matches. And before one of the qualifier match for the Asian Cup, or that maybe even the preliminary Iran. qualifiers for World the World Cup. Cup. World Cup qualifier against Iran. Yeah. Stephen Constantine <laughs> specifically chose that hotel to stay. Uh, all the other games, they chose different hotels only for the game against Iran. They chose to stay in Ibis. Yes, and and uh, the reason uh, what what I got was because he wanted to see how Iran is going to. Yes, yeah, so basically he was standing with a binocular on top of Ibis Hotel, looking down at the stadium. <laughs> that's what we heard. So that's pretty interesting. I am so happy I, to say former India coach. Yes. So getting back into the coaching questions, the next two another coaching one. So I'll come to you first. Uh, asked by Tejas, who's a regular listener of our, of our podcast, and thank you for that. Uh, who would you put in the reckoning for the national team coach and would you throw a few Indian names and Orko I am coming back coming to you with the same question soon so uh, be ready with the answers. Okay so should we go for a new coach or someone who is well known in Indian football that is the first question that uh, the AIFF has to take a call on. So if you are merely looking for someone who can replace Constantine then you will have many people who are already in the reckoning like uh, Albert Roca, but I heard he recently got, uh, got into China under 23 and then Ashley Westwood is always in the reckoning uh, but I'm not sure how, how well he can handle a national team. Uh, just for the sake of taking names, you'll have Khalid Jamil thrown in there but uh, again, uh, he's not someone who has, pro- who has a proven track record in, uh, when it comes to handling national team players. Uh, he has a set of uh, players that he trusts, but the national team is a different ball game altogether. You only get uh, like 10 days to prepare for a match at most. And sometimes you'll have to make do only with 2-3 uh, training sessions with the boys. Um, so these are the names that I can pick as of now. And 
just for the sake of speculation, I heard a name being thrown around. It was a uh, Italian coach, uh, Sachi, I think. Arigo Sachi. Arigo Sachi. His but name he is close. never <laughs> going to come here. I think he's quite old. Not to really bothered. <laughs> and we were also. Um, We've also got an article saying Zico might be interested, Zico should replace Constantine. It's all speculative and come on, at the end of the day, uh, it's the technical committee of the AIFF which takes a call. You had someone like uh, Louis Norton de Matos take charge of the under-17 team. Uh, did anyone expect that? His, did his name ever come up in the list of uh, speculative coaches for the under 17 team, that's how even this is going to be. Orko, what is your take on this? So I am reading an article online where the title is Five Coaches Who Can Replace Constantine, mm -hmm. and one of the names on the article is Phil Chetri. <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> so I it's don't definitely know what not a sports kid article. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to make of this article, but uh, you know, going on, uh, Sachi is 72, right? I mean, let the man enjoy his retirement in peace. So I'm sure these are all, like Arvind said, speculation. There is no uh, guarantee that, you know, Sachi or any of these guys will come. And uh, Albert Troca, you have to realize that the China under-23 coach mm. is a you know, higher paid post than the India head coach. Because the India head coach, Stephen was getting, if you're not wrong, about $250,000 every year. And uh, Marcelo Lippi, the senior Chinese coach, is making somewhere between 23 and 27 million mm. every year. So, cons even if Roka is making like 10% of that or even 5% of that, that's, that's still higher than what the Indian national head coach is going to make. So, you know, this choice is you know, limited. They can't go for these high-profile names without possibly, you know, busting a, you know, RD or something. So, uh, I think the name that is being mandated around is Derek Pereira with uh, Armando Colasso as assistant. That makes sense because Derek has a long back record. Uh, I personally would like to see an Indian take charge of the Indian team. The last person to take charge, uh, the last Indian to take charge of the national team was Sukhinder uh, Singh. That is former, uh, you know, uh, National Football League winning coach with JCT. So, you know, I mean, all these names, some will say Ericsson, some will say Nico, but I think for Indian football, it really needs an Indian coach to, you know, really connect with these guys. I mean, they could have really helped, you know, uh, a friendly figure, a paternal figure when they were running all helter skelter against Bahrain. And keep going back to that point. I think they need somebody who, you know, who will accentuate their strengths and, you know, and play down their weakness. Khalid Bia, like you said, he he had that one season with Aizal and he did it with Mumbai FC for a number of seasons. But can he, you know, step up to a national team where people say the work involved is five times that match? I don't know. So, you know, we, we have to keep an eye out on the rumor mill in the upcoming days. Finally, Sandeep, who do you think? Um, I agree with Orko that it should be an Indian because uh, I think there was an offer for Albert Roca on like maybe not on the table but under the table uh, and obviously under the table offers are really bad. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I mean it's not an official offer. That's what I meant. Uh, but uh, obviously he took a China under 23 job, which makes sense also because he gets to spend time with the kids 
and uh, they yeah. were removing Lippi on and they are getting hitting who is the under 23 coach to be the national coach and hitting is also getting on in age so I don't know how long he'll be there so it creates a path for Oka to climb up and that is something that I think Indians also should be looking at so the next pe person that they hire if he's an Indian or he, even if he's a foreigner he has to set the table this is my personal opinion for people like Floyd Pinto and Bibiano who are working underneath him with kids who will as presumably be representing the national team in you know five six years time so set the table for these two coaches give them the education they need now at the youth level so that they can come up and uh, you know take them forward but that is a long game that i think they should do i, I don't know i don't think aff does long-term thinking so that might be a speculation in its own but if one person hears this discussion i hope they listen to it okay now we are moving on to the last one how would you rate Constantine's time here in India in the last stint? Uh, this is asked by Ashwin the Gopinath and his resignation now. So, Orko, we'll start with you. I would give Constantine uh, 8 for his work in India. Because, you know, when he had come, they had played one match in the last 12 months. You know, the Indian uh, team, one friendly. So, you know, they, they have been struggling under Wim Kuverman. They would play, uh, you know, uh, the idea was to play Tiki Taka under the Dutchman. But uh, they would play two minutes of beautiful football and then they would, uh, you know, play like they did against Bari for the rest 88 minutes. And uh, nobody wants that. But the, the problem is that the, the recent generation of fans, they don't, you know, they don't know that they haven't seen it. So they assume that there's a problem with the style. I mean, my whole convincing is that when you don't, you know, when you don't have the style, you can't, you know, have a coach who, who, who plays it. And uh, someone in the Delhi circle rightly pointed out, he, you know, he, he used a Hindi phrase. He said, Gado ke liye gadha hai So it essentially translates to that, you know, uh, please deserve a donkey. And, uh, that, and that's the thing, really. You know, uh, no coach, even Pep Guardiola would come here and struggle to, you know, to play, you know, play, play the style. And when we eventually play the style and lose four minutes, people will have another complaint. We are a result-oriented country. So Stephen was like a, you know, uh, blender. He took the lemon theme, you know, squeezed up the proper lemonade from that. And no, no coach can really satisfy all on you know everyone's team selection you he can't select 15 he only select 23 so i mean and it's his so i mean if he feels free to play a system and he feels that these players are essential to the system then yeah kudos to him he stood by the players that took him to the asian cup and they served him well more or less so i think uh this resignation not you know this has been coming AFR has been trying very hard to push him out and uh, someone in the workhouse must be happy. Right? Because we've seen, we've seen that happen before with other coaches, Nikola Adam. So, I mean, uh, overall, I think he, it's more our loss. Because I mean, as they say, uh, you don't know wh what's gone until it's gone. Yes, and Arvind, now yours. Um, Constantine was a very result-oriented uh, coach. He was barely there delivering results and nothing more. Uh, so there's all this talk about uh, him uh, making India rise from 173 to the top nine, uh, top 100 and uh, 
97 at the start of the asian cup but uh, that is that is what he is he took them there uh, but he couldn't uh, take them beyond that because his methods uh, were limited and uh, he worked with a lot of restrictions as well with the aff there is nothing beyond this that uh, he could achieve and uh, frankly the aff set him a few minor objectives like qualifying for the asian cup um they didn't set him any major objectives like uh, reach at least the quarter finals um maybe then we could have uh, actually been more critical about his role but when you have your expectations uh, set very low you cannot uh, complain saying that this coach didn't deliver um so that is why his resignation has paved the way for india to dream more and uh, Uh, at least try to reach some level in nation football before aiming for uh, something like the world cup or uh, whatever praful patel's delusional word is <laughs> um yeah so those are my thoughts uh, let's hear it from sandeep right now okay, i actually do agree with everything that you guys said but uh, the one thing i would say is if you look at constantine's record he would always take a team to a higher level whether in terms of ranking or just in terms of level of football in itself in its past i don't think he has reached this heights ever before so and he would probably also know that uh, there is no more hills to climb for him with this team so i think it's a good parting because he is at the highest level in his career and probably can you know leverage a better job more money higher standard so it works for him and it works for india that now you know what it takes to play at a nation level where we saw in the first game everything we touched us goals like the shot from sunil that whipped shot in the second goal that may very easily have gone up jj who's never scored this season hits with absolutely no backlift it looked like he was trying to chip the ball when i first saw it and it went in everything worked and the second time you went against uae nothing came off and jj tried that of yeah jj tried everybody tried you hit the bar you hit this you hit the keeper whatever it may be if you don't take your chances you're going to get you know screwed at the end of the day and uh, that's a good learning for indians hopefully they come back and the next coach can build on this and again depends on what aif of things if they think 2026 world cup is something india is capable of then delusional is the right word So, <laughs> and because especially after this orco and arun you can back me up on this especially after the show in the asian cup you know we are not as good enough as uh, it was said to be that last 16 was a possibility we can do this we can do that no our level is not that good yet we just about made it because it was a 24 team tournament so what do you guys think orco for yeah uh, you know uh, yeah like you know i agree most of what you guys have said and uh, you know they have they have qualified into the first time ever uh, you know last time they played the afc challenge cup and they won it right so they were possibly the weakest of the 16 teams there uh, and it showed by the group of it same you know uh, bahrain for example of bahrain currently is not among the top 10 nations in asia Right. Uh, you know, consider the team, 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 the team
Lalingo Alachante or Michael Sousa Raj could have, you know, made that big a difference that we would have jumped into the top 16 immediately. So, uh, and you know, following up from what Arvind said, I, I really want to ask him a question. That, uh, did, does he think that any coach coming in could have done better than Constantine? Maybe in terms of selection, yes. But what those players on the pitch against Bahrain? Uh, any other coach, uh, I feel, would have done something uh, different at least in the second half against Bahrain uh, rather than trying the same set of uh, long balls. If you, uh, anyone, it's out there because Indians couldn't hold the ball for more than three seconds and they were just flinging long balls after long balls and JJ could not win them. JJ was nowhere near the ball, nor was Sunil Chetri. They were all back defending there. So when you know some plan is not working out, uh, why are you not adapting to the situation? Uh, so any other coach, if uh, he's a bit more uh, modern-minded, would have tried to at least change something in the second half. Uh, but uh, Constantine, unfortunately, did not do that. Or maybe he did not have the players to do that. Yeah, I mean, they were playing for a draw. It was pretty obvious throughout yeah. the game. And they... At the very least, what he could have done is told one player to stay up. So, if you are going to play the long ball, there is someone to chase. Yeah. Uh, or else tell Gurpreet to kick the ball to swear somebody is there and not just aimlessly punt it to the other end of the field. That maybe they could have seen. But you could see that goal was coming. India was tiring and it was a tired tackle from Pranay, who had a great game till then. Yeah. He was a very tired tackle. And you, you could see it coming. Like I was telling my friend as I was watching this, India, if they don't score, they are in trouble. Hmm. And then it was it was right there for everyone to see. And I don't think we were good enough to score on that day. Just look, yeah. players just looked knackered. There was also okay. a situation with uh, Anas that was a substitute wasted. Who has since retired? Substitution wasted. And uh, I ah. mean, if the coach knew that uh, this person is carrying an injury, he should not have played it. And it's not. It's not that uh, Anas. It didn't seem like Anas was injured. Uh, after the fourth minute or something, it seemed like an injury that was aggravated because of uh, fatigue or situations before the match. So there, there you go. One substitution wasted, and two other uh, substitutes who could not uh, bring much into the game because of the same kind of long ball strategy. Yes, uh, just before we leave, one last uh, thing that I wanted to touch on. Yeah. We have played in the Asian level now. I think Ashik and uh, to an extent Udanta have done very well mm. as young players. I'm not talking about Sunil because I think at 34 uh, yeah. it's expected. And I don't think he's going to have a big move in him left. But these two, what do you think? Uh, maybe one of the lower teams in Asia, maybe somewhere in Philippines or somewhere in Thailand, clubs might be interested in Singapore. I Campine think, Rovers or someone like that could be interested in players like this. I think he'll learn more in the ISL than playing in Singapore or any other. If he wants to get more exposure, Europe is the only other option. Uh, moving to any other Asian country is not going to help him much. What do you think, of? I think, uh, yeah, like, uh, Arvind hit the nail on the head. Most uh, people in India because they earn more from the ISL than they would on abroad. I mean, it would really be a struggle for any of these players abroad. And also, uh, understand that when the clubs recruit players, they also look at the club form. 
as you should look at the clock from any of the Indian startups. It hasn't been really exceptional. So, I mean, I know that international recruitments are like since that is out plus, mm. but for India, possibly Sandesh, Pramay, Ashik, Bhanda, they did well. But you know, once someone you know, sits and looks at their videos from you know their time at the clubs. I think it would be really difficult. Um, and uh, as this essentially connects to previously, uh, for you to produce players of that level, you have to long term. For you to even, you know, uh, keep the ball in that pressure situation, also you have to think, uh, you know, long term. Uh, India and all these players still made elementary mistakes, and scouts will look at that and say, "Boss, they've got the things wrong." So. I don't think I do still don't think we are at that level where we can hope to export a player to any of the other nations around us. Yes, and on that bombshell, it's time to call it a day here at the podcast center in uh, Bangalore. So thank you so much, Orko, for being on the show. Thank you, thank you, Paul, as always. And thanks, Arvind, for being on the show and thanks. opening this room for recording. So yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, so everyone, thank you for listening in. And uh, keep listening to our podcast. We are coming up with more stuff with the Asian Cup, and uh, the ISL is coming back soon. So we'll have more and more, uh, you know, interactions and more and more podcasts in the future. So uh, till then, enjoy the game.